You ever worked with gentlemen or ladies or gentlemen and ladies and the combined people just know what they're doing anytime the microphone turns on and the light goes red? Well, that's the, these two gentlemen that are to my left and to my right. It's weird, too, because how we record our things, who's actually left and who's actually right, but all you care about is that we, us here on the Checkerboard Chatter, and we talk about Tennessee football. And if you think about it, there's no better time than to talk about it right now. Look, as their names pop up, almost as if like we did that. I don't know how much we're paying our production crew, but that was really, really nice, whoever did that. Ryan, Sylvia, that would be to my right. See, I'm doing this so well, I know where the mirror imaging is now. And then Noah Taylor, that would be to your left. Guys, this is the ball report. This is the checkerboard chatter. Uh, I'm just going to open things up by saying something. And you know what? For anybody who knows me, this will come as no surprise to you all who we have gotten to know each other. Maybe this does not come as a surprise. Um, at one point in time, we all were all sports fans. Maybe we are still sports fans, but we have to take more of a neutral approach because of what we do for a living. I absolutely hate the University of Florida. There, I said it. Um, I don't. I think their town is trash. I think their women are not attractive. I think their fan base is unintelligent. Uh, they wear jorts. They make meth. They just uh, – there's a lot of things about Florida. The only thing that's redeeming about Florida is the scabs on their arms that they pick are not as big as the ones in Mississippi. Um, this is not a show for me to make fun of people. This is a show for me just to simply state fact. Growing up as a kid, nothing used to make me happy than Santa Claus coming down the chimney on December 25th. A close second was Steve Spurrier spiking his visor on the sidelines. Um, that being said, I've got that off. This is, I saw some Aaron Rodgers still for my Monday night upset <laughs> that I'm still ridiculous about. <clears throat> Gentlemen, in all seriousness, this is a Tennessee team right now, depending on which book you're looking at, they're six and a half, seven-point favorites. They haven't won since 2003 in the Swamp. They're 0-9 in their last nine attempts. Since you're to my left, Noah, I'll get started with you. Where are you right now on this Tennessee team heading into Florida? Not just last week's Austin P kind of, I'm sorry, but really Virginia and Austin P together. Yeah, I think that I, I see some of the concern, you know, certainly people have for this offense. It hasn't kind of got off to the start that people would have expected. I do see a lot of positive things. The defense uh, improvement that you've seen the last two weeks being one, the fact that they lead the country right now in tackles for loss. You know, that the, they seem to be doing really well uh, stopping the run, which is what they were good at last year. There's all good things going into this game in particular because Florida really leans on that run game. Um, but I do get it with the offense. You know, you, you, you bring back Joe Milton, who's now, I think, in year five or six in, uh, as a college football player in year three at Tennessee. That's Dr. That's Dr. Joe Milton to you. He yeah, Dr. So Joe, Milton. Dr. Joe Milton. Absolutely. And, and maybe you want to see, you know, you're seeing a little bit of the same things maybe you saw uh, two years ago or three years ago when he took the starting job uh, heading into this 2021 season. But uh, I think overall, you know, this, this receiving core is talented. There's experience there. Joe Milton certainly has a lot of experience as well. I think you're going to see uh, a game where, where that kind of all comes together. And you could have asked for a better schedule for Tennessee to work out some kinks early on without having to, to worry too much about uh, it costing you. But, uh, yeah, you, you got to hope that this is the week that uh, you don't see any, you know, ill-timed passes or, or maybe guys dropping passes in the open. To my breakfast taco broski himself, Ryan. Hey, Ryan, I ask, simply put, concern levels 1 to 10 after what you saw last week with the governors of Austin P essentially making Tennessee look flat like a two-liter of soda for four quarters. 
Yeah, I'll just go right in the middle with a five. I'm not ready to hit the panic button and freak out and say okay. this team is a disaster and, and they're going to lose to Florida and, and be seven and five. But I'm also not going to sit here and act like everything is perfect and, and they looked dominant in the first two weeks. I, I think it, the, the reality is somewhere in the middle, which I think is okay through, through two weeks. And I think you'll find out a lot this Saturday in how they come out and play Florida on where you should lean in, in either direction. But uh, Noah hit on it. The defense took me as a surprise so far. I think obviously they haven't played the best competition, but I saw a stat. I think they're first in the country in tackles for loss and second in yeah. sacks. I don't think anyone going into the season, even though it was Virginia and Austin P, would have said Tennessee would be top two in both those categories after two weeks. So that's been a, a huge surprise to me and, and something that I think if it can stay at a, a really solid level, it doesn't even have to be elite, but if it can stay really solid and they can get to the quarterback with four guys, then I think Tennessee's going to have a lot of success this season as Joe Milton and that offense kind of grows together and gets the swing of things as the season progresses. So you know, I'll, I'll say five. I see the worries, but I'm not ready to completely panic and, and hit the emergency button. All right. Well, Ryan, I'll stay with you then. So we flip things over. I, Boys, I think I take a very realistic approach, especially with what I do for a living. Tennessee's not good. They're not good. If Tennessee's great, they need to be praised. Um, I'm having difficulties right now answering this one question, and I think maybe you guys can help me. Is it the quarterback or is it the wide receivers? You can say both, but there's got to be one that perhaps maybe is leaning towards the other. I'll get started. For everything that was supposed to be made up for the loss of Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt. These wide receivers have left quite a bit of film on the field the last two games, if you know what I mean. Now, 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 yes, to anybody who just heard or listened to saw what I just said, they're taking their hands right now and they're placing them at their hips going, Joe's throwing it right here. It's right here. It's like, you're right. It's not here. It's not a perfect ball. Guys, I've seen a lot of balls that should be caught. Squirrel, Dante, I've seen a lot of people, Brew, that should have been caught. You don't have to agree with me, but I think if there's any players or room of players who need to have a massive game against Florida on Saturday, Kelsey Pope, looking at you and your guys to be able to go out there and make some plays. That's how you beat Florida is to stretch the field and see if you can get them pounded early so they'll just drop out. Yeah, it's it's tough to – to say it's all Joe or it's all the receivers, but I would agree the receivers definitely have to step up. You think about Ramel's drop week one against Virginia. Joe's stat line looks a lot better if Ramel reels that in and runs down the field for a touchdown. I think a lot of the conversation about Joe Milton changed question. if that's complete. And that is a perfect throw from Joe Milton. So it's you can't blame at all on that. You talk about the Austin P game. The, the play that stood out to me was Joe Milton escaping the pocket, extending a play, finding Dante Thornton down the field, just hits him square in the chest and he drops it. You can't ask more from Joe in those situations. That's all we need to make plays. And the quote this week that has stood out to me from Josh Heupel the most was he was asked about what do you need to do to improve your third down conversion rate? Because that has been an issue in the first two weeks. And he said, we just need to make plays. It's not something that we're not scheming up right or we're not doing. We just need to go out there and execute. And that lands on Joe Milton because yeah, some of those throws could be better, but it also lands on the wide receivers. Not every throw is going to be perfect. You've got to reel in the ones that are there and they need to take that big step against Florida or else that offense could have some issue pushing it down the field. 
Noah, is it execution? Is Ryan onto something? Is Josh Heupel onto something? Is the only answer no watching film, just catch the damn ball? Yeah, I, I think essentially it is. I think, you know, kind of like when, when you started that off there, it, it, there's some blame to go around, certainly some balls that Joe should put, you know, in a better spot. But ultimately, this is a pretty experienced receiving core. It's a guys that played a good amount of football last year. And then you throw in Dante Thornton. I know he wasn't here last year, but has power five experience coming from Oregon. Yeah. And again, some of those balls over the middle of the field may be a little bit behind them, but they're hitting their hands. And so I do think some of that blame does go to Joe with the ball placement. But ultimately, I do think the receivers need to be a little bit more consistent there. Um, he talked about the Ramel drop in week one, the Dante drop last week, which would have been huge on, on an early drive there, first half drive. I, I do think that, uh, you know, that changes maybe our outlook going into week three here if those balls are caught. Um are you guys are you guys with me when it comes to simply this as well? I think that Tennessee last week, whether it was they didn't want to show anything, it was blank, which anytime anybody calls the show locally or I speak to somebody, it's always, well, they didn't want to put anything on the film for Florida. Okay, let's be freaking honest here, okay? You know what Josh Heifel's going to run. He's going to spread you. He's going to run you. He's going to make you vomit and tap, okay? There's not really any – yeah, did they only run pages A through probably D the last two weeks? Sure. But if he wants to pull a page out of X, he has made it very well known through the offseason and before the orange and white game. Look, this offense knows this playbook. Joe Milton knows this playbook. If we call any type of flag jackrabbit right, left, hammer, C, we know exactly which route we're going to run and how things play out. Now, if you want to talk about some of the other issues where perhaps maybe there should be question marks, we can talk about those. And there are many people who believe that this week might be the return of one Cooper Mays. I know you guys don't read into the tea leaves, or maybe you do a good job of picking up on Hypel, maybe his tone, the inflection in his voice when he insinuates things. Um, I have been given every indication that we will see the return of Cooper Mays Saturday in the swamp against Florida. But gentlemen, I'm going to be real with you. I've, I've brought it up to you before. Is this guy, one, in game shape, in your opinion, and two, let's be real, is he in Josh Heupel shape? Go, 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 go. 90 degrees in the swamp under the lights. Guess what? We've all climbed out after cutting our grass, and it looks like we just climbed out of a swimming pool in our t-shirt. Yeah, I, I think in reality, if Tennessee plays Florida week two, I think Cooper was ready to go last week from yeah. what Josh Heupel was saying, talking about how he was – with the team practicing and warmups, he was in full pads, kind of getting mentally in, in game shape, I guess, uh, going through that pregame process. So it, it is a different beast to be ready to run as much as an offensive lineman does in Josh Heupel's offense. I think it's a pretty uh, it, it's one of those things uh, you heard a lot in basketball where there's no substitute for the cardio you get in a game and, and yeah. running up and down the court. It's the same thing in a Josh Heupel offense. There's no substitute for being on the field, hitting a guy, and then running 20 yards and doing it again 10 seconds later. I don't know if he's going to be midseason form. I like Ryan's point there because Josiah Jordan-James, when he was coming back from the ankles and the hips last year, but he was like, just let him go out there and shoot against guys. The Bahamas, Josiah Jordan-James has to get in SEC shape. That's a great point, Ryan. I like the basketball analogy. For anybody out there who needs to know, go back to just six months ago. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I think that – Obviously, he's a good enough player that even if he's not fully in shape, he, he's going to be an upgrade at center, and then it helps you out uh, if you're able to move Ollie Lane back to his natural guard position as well. So I expect him to have a good game. I expect him to be in 
enough shape to be effective, but maybe not necessarily midseason form. Wait, wait, wait. Noah, are you with Ryan on this? Because I just heard him say you could return Ollie Lane back to his normal guard position. But Andre Kurek has kind of been playing like a you-know-what the last couple of weeks. <laughs> no, I mean, somebody – this is what sucks. Somebody's about to be the odd man out. And I know some people would tell you, well, they'll all get some playing time. Not Glenn Ellerby would tell you, I better have five starting the cemented offensive line very, very soon. So does Kurek get pushed to the bench? Does the Gibbs product, Ollie Lane, go to the bench? How do you even handle this if, in fact, Cooper Mays is returning to center Saturday? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough problem to have. And, and maybe – I know you said there it's, you know, tough for to, to push a guy to the side when he's been playing yeah. well or vice versa. But it kind of a good problem to have for this Tennessee offensive line because we it was kind of a, a question mark coming in the beginning of the season with some of the pieces you lost last year. Um, but they've been playing well. The run game's been playing well. Uh, it's been actually the, the strong suit of the offense, you know, in the first two weeks. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a difficult problem uh, decision for them to make. But uh, I, I think what Ryan says is, or what Ryan said is, is on point about, you know, you're going to have that upgrade at center with Cooper Mays, and maybe in, in some kind of way that that's kind of dealt or been part of the struggles this offense has had in, in two weeks is not having that kind of timing up front or. You know what? I know that I just said they've played well, but I think that's going to be huge having him back. Ultimately, that, that'll be the biggest thing. Look at the tackle position, too. If we're being honest, Gerald Mincy probably had a better two weeks than John Campbell and Jeremiah Crawford. And he's the odd man out at yeah. tackle when they announced the two starters this week. Great point. Great freaking point. So we saw how well Ollie Lane filled in for. Cooper Mays the last two weeks. Can we say the same thing about Elijah Herring and Arian Carter with the loss of Keenan Peely? I've been shooting my mouth off on the air for the last about 12 weeks, July. When I saw the Rashada news that he was leaving because of the NIL <clears throat> and I knew they were moving forward with just Graham Mertz, I went, <laughs> they're going to move forward with Graham Mertz and attract me against Tennessee? Good freaking luck with that. Uh, I think Tennessee's 10 points better than Florida, maybe even 13 points better. I kind of took a shot in the jaw when I saw that the most surefire tackler, and it was one game, one game, Keenan Peely was probably going to miss and likely will miss more than just the Florida game. My question to you, how do you feel Elijah and Arian did last week? Because I would have given a passing grain to Ollie Lane. Arian Carter, I think he had a better Virginia game than he had an Austin Peay game. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of room for improvement. Uh, the the first drive you saw Elijah Herring eat it twice uh, <laughs> he said it was a welcome to the yes or to college football moment for him uh, and he rebounded nicely and he, he did very much improve throughout the game but it was uh, to me an obvious step back from the production you get from Keenan Peely from the leadership you get from Keenan Peely from being in the middle of the defense and be able to direct everyone and make sure everyone's in the right spot there was a step back but I don't think it's enough to worry to a, a crazy extent about the linebacker situation. Arian Carter is a stud. It, even when he's not making the right read, he's going full speed. He's hitting someone hard, and, and you love to see that. Yeah. And you can say the same about Elijah Herring. On those two plays that he got laid out, it was because he was going full speed, and, and he just kind of got decleated. So I would rather see him get hit pretty hard, but going at that speed, and that's kind of the reason you get hit. And then Jeremiah T. Lander, too, I think you have to talk about him and throw him in the mix. He did a great job, another true freshman that, that's come in as a as the kind of the relief middle linebacker. But I, I wrote an article about it after the Austin P game. 
you wanted to see Elijah Herring and you want to see Arian Carter step up in the absence of Keenan Peely, it was really just Aaron Beasley taking on that load as well by himself. And not only playing the will position, which he usually does, but sliding over to Mike when Arian Carter comes in the game, he, he was able to be versatile. So I have faith that Elijah and Arian will do fine and, and do well and improve throughout the year and have great careers at Tennessee. But it's definitely a step back from the veteran uh, Keenan Peely. Um, Arian Carter without, excuse me, I'm sorry. Aaron Beasley, without question, most notable defensive player of the first two weeks. Jalen Wright, nine yards of carry, both Virginia and Austin P. My God, just let that man touch the football in the end zone. Uh, Noah, what is <clears throat> Noah Tennessee going to lose this game to Florida on Saturday? And when I ask this question, I'm 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 searching for something. And what I mean by that is this: Noah, do you believe in a higher power of? superstitions no no stop this is a serious question i'm not even look i like to screw around sometimes and i know you guys sometimes are like oh that's ivan's doing a ha-ha um <laughs> i know people who simply think that florida is in the bermuda triangle and no matter how many great teams have gone down there before tennessee has found a way to lose and they have they're accurate there is no i talked to josh dobbs monday on our show and he goes yeah sometimes they cut the air conditioning off yeah sometimes the water pressure isn't as high it's like a mile walk from the visiting team's locker room outside of the stadium. Like, those are just some of the nuances that they do at Florida to get in your head. Do you believe there's something going on? Are you a superstitious person, Noah? That's what I'm asking. And do you believe <laughs> that Tennessee has gone down there and maybe there's been some mama juju boo-boo that's been going on? There, I said it. Yeah, uh, you know, it's hard to argue that, you know, just based on some of the things we've seen. Uh, one game in particular that, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Tennessee fans watching this, to bring the memory up, but 2015, you know, Florida's fourth, the Will Greer to, to Antonio Callaway, you know, Tennessee has a chance to win that game at the end, to, to walk it off with an Aaron Medley field goal that Florida calls a timeout. Jim McElwain calls a timeout there on, on a badly missed field goal. Aaron Medley gets another chance at it, and it's looked like that's going to cut just inside and at the last second kind of blows, I guess, to the right and misses. So, it's hard to argue, you know, some of the teams have gone. Then you go back to the Hail Mary game, obviously 2017, two very not good Florida and Tennessee teams. But How could you not bring up Tyree? Yeah. Hail Mary? Yeah. 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 And so it, it's hard to argue with some of the things there. I'll be honest with you. I kind of put that out of mind this whole offseason because I, I didn't think, you know, like you just said, I, I do think Florida is a double – or I think Tennessee is a double-digit double digit team better than, than Florida is. Uh, right now, I think they're certain. I think they will win Saturday. To, to answer your question, I think Tennessee will win Saturday. But I didn't think about the superstitious, the, the super superstitions, and and Florida being kind of a house of horrors until you know that Austin P game last week. And then it thought, well, this is kind of setting up for for Florida maybe to, to give Tennessee a little bit more trouble than maybe we would have thought in July. What are the chances Florida just had a better coach than Tennessee all those years? <laughs> what are the chances they just had a better roster? As I tell a lot of people, look, I don't, I'm not shy with how whenever we we like to color outside the lines, and I opened it with this program today. Anybody who's trying to tell me that Derek Dooley could go down there against Urban Meyer, I call you drunk. Jim <laughs> McElwain, Will Muschamp. I'm not gonna go Ron Zook on you, but you get for the most point. Yeah, there are a lot of those games, boys. Florida played 60 minutes of football while Tennessee, Tyree Cleveland, Hail Mary. 
played 59 minutes and 48 seconds. So, I mean, sometimes it's all goes back to what Ryan, you already mentioned, Noah, that you tagged on to. Doesn't this simply just mean for these two teams that they probably need to execute, but the balls have more players right now than Florida. The worst thing that could have possibly happened for this man. And I say this man being in closing for, for, um, Jesus, uh, Florida's uh, got Billy Napier. I almost want to call him Lance Leopold. Uh, Billy Napier. <laughs> how does he? How does he get on, on a podium last year and go? We're not going to get into the NIL bidding wars, and that's the new approach for college football is NIL. So he set his program back a year. Yeah. If this was next year, no way would I be going on the air going, yeah, Tennessee's going to beat Florida by this many points. I, I just the quarterback situation on top of what he said last year, it set his pro- and let's be real, he still hasn't won a big game yet. And you know he's going to get blown out this year by Georgia and Florida State. What happens if Tennessee beats the hell out of him on Saturday? Yeah. He might be out in two years. Yeah. And that that to me, third we're talking about Jimbo's buyout. We should be talking about the 32 to 34 million that Billy Napier's being owed right now if he gets blown out. Noah. Tennessee went on Saturday. You don't have to give me a score. I just need to know they're going to win. I know you just said you have them as a double-digit favor, but do you think Joe in the throw? I heard one of my buddies the other day come in and be like, hey, have you talked to overthrow Joe this week? And I was like, wow, okay, stop. First of all, it's been two games. Um, yes or no? Tennessee go to 3-0. and Do they end this 2003 boogeyman everybody's talking about? Yeah, I think they do. I think that uh, you're going to see the defense kind of continue. I know we just touched on that linebacker position and maybe – Aaron Beasley carried the load a little bit more last week than we would have liked to have seen. But I do think, uh, like Ryan said, uh, Arian Carter, Elijah Herring, I think those are guys are going to get better as the season goes on and however long Keenan Peely's out. But I think the defense kind of had a blueprint from that Utah game in week one. If you take the run game out of Florida and force Graham Mertz to try to beat you with his arm, that's going to make it really hard for Florida to do. And you maybe you could argue the same thing for Joe Milton if you're Florida's defense as well, but – I, I think uh, I like Tennessee to go in there. I guess they're seven points right now. I, I like them to be a little bit better than that and uh, and win the game and, and break that streak. As one person, Ryan, has already alluded to me, I was like, guys, I covered Graham Mertz when he was at Wisconsin. He's a big dropout. Trust me, this guy's not good at football. He looked at me and goes, isn't Joe Milton a big 10 dropout? <laughs> Whoa. Go ahead, Ryan. Do they – do they – do they – Scott, I know you're watching this. Joe Milton compared to – we're not even getting into this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, they win. Do they end this boogeyman? Do they pull the court out from Florida 2003? So I'm a Red Sox fan, so I know about a curse. Trade Babe Ruth. You get a almost century-long streak. They come to an end, and the Red Sox have won four World Series since then. Tennessee had a streak against Alabama, very similar. Josh Heupel comes in and says, I don't care, and wins it in year two. This team does not care about not winning in the Swamp since 2003. I don't really think that it's going to play a factor. The home crowd is going to play a factor. Playing on the road is going to be a factor. Being a rivalry game is going to be a factor. Having a losing streak I don't think really affects this team. I don't think they're focused on that aspect. So with that said, I'll take Tennessee to win this game by 10. Uh, I – Guys, I think Tennessee can make this as messy as they want. The one thing we didn't get a chance to chat with or chat about, because I want to get you guys over to the uh, Thursday for Josh Heupel, I think there are something to players-only meetings. And to hear Amari Thomas say, look, we had some things we needed to talk about. We just need to make sure we were on the same page. The note that was left in the headphones that Joe Milton gave to his teammates is moot if they don't beat Florida. 
you're not winning the East if you don't beat Florida. So that being said, I have a feeling whenever we have a chance to get back together in the next couple of weeks, we are going to reflect not only on a game like today, but we'll find out just how serious Tennessee is. Because, gentlemen, if you look at the SEC the last couple of weeks and how they fared, Miami, A&M, Texas, Alabama, LSU, FSU, the question keeps being asked, besides Georgia, does any SEC team have a chance to make it to the college football playoff? Tennessee. Tennessee. But they're going to have to do things like beat Florida and beat Georgia to be able to do that. And that's still on the line if the balls have a chance to actually flirt again with the college football playoff. Yep, that guy, Noah, even when he says things that make me go, ha-ha, there's Ryan. He likes breakfast tacos because they're delicious. Tyler Ivins, look, I know you guys listen here locally. If you're not reading what these two guys are doing, it is in-depth, fantastic writing. Like, I've gone back through the iPad, and I'm just like, that's killer stuff. $9.99 a month. I just made a coffee order yesterday for $12. One freaking order for three cups of coffee. You can get 30 days, especially the recaps of what's happening. These two guys have feet in the facility. See what they're doing and see what they're writing. It's absolutely remarkable stuff. Ryan, Noah, I appreciate it, guys. Go out and do what you all need to do and safe travels to Florida. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Buddy.